As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Tonight on Cosmic Cantina, strap in, because we're about to penetrate the Clavius. That's right, that moist lunar crater. With the recent NASA announcement of the water on the moon, we want to find out what the hell else is going on up there. But how can we see what's going on around the dark side? Two words, remote viewing. So dust off your craters, because we're touching down. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and every week I go to my favorite bar, Cosmic Cantina, and kick back with my co-hosts, Josh Golombeski and Matt O'Connor. We talk about aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, ancient cultures, and anything from the unseen world that needs a little illumination. Welcome to Cosmic Cantina. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and tonight I'm drinking a classy organic red wine from Spain. Matt? Ooh, organic. I, I too am drinking wet red wine, and it's from Italy, and it's called uh, Sheep Thrills. Ooh. Oh, kinky. It's, uh, it's a blend. It's tasty. It's sweet, and it's... Nice. Sheepy. Yeah, anyway, it's wow, sheepy, okay. yeah. <laughs> Pulling wool out of my teeth. It's gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, okay, Josh, let me guess. You're drinking... Well, I have big news to uh, to say. I uh, officially oh, broke shit. up with Ghostfish in the last oh, two weeks. I just what? had a. <laughs> I just, you know what? You can't love someone enough, and they don't love you back. At some point, you gotta oh. let them go. You know, it got a little one-sided. It got a little creepy. You know, I didn't know if a restraining order was coming down the pipeline. Probably sent one too many messages on social media. But no, Ghostfish, yeah. you are dead to me. Uh, oh wow! I still, no, I still love you. I, I mean, you know, you're still awesome. You're still my first love for beer. But now tonight I'm drinking a woodchuck hard cider called a Perseco. It tastes like a apple cider oh, yeah. Perseco. It's actually really good. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, mm. bubbly dry cider. Yeah, it's going down uh-huh. well in my mouth. And it's, <laughs> and it's gluten-free. It's just not oh, ghost 100%. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Ghostfish was like that that blonde new girl in fifth grade, and you just really wanted to date her, but she didn't give you the time of day, and then you just went for the brunette because it was easier. <laughs> uh, Are you saying I've settled? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you're settled. settled. You settled. You settled. Yeah. I am devastated. But you can still smell her on your fingers. I'm holding it together. Oh, my God. Matt. Matt. Okay. Enough. No, well, sometimes you spill. Oh. We're talking beer, right? Oh, okay, yeah, we're getting yeah. to the article, you yeah. guys. We have a serious show today. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm just moving on. I'm moving on. All right, so, big announcement. NASA has announced water on the moon. They confirm water molecules on our neighbor's sunny surface. 
NASA has confirmed the presence of water on the moon's sunlit surface, a breakthrough that suggests the chemical compound that is vital to life on Earth could be distributed across more parts of the lunar surface than the ice that has previously been found in dark and cold areas. Um, <clears throat> the discovery comes from the space agency's stratospheric observatory for infrared astronomy. It's called SOFIA, which is interesting. If anybody knows what Sophia is, Sophia is mm. the goddess Gnostic. of knowledge from, yeah, from Gnosticism, from uh, Greek, Greek mythology. Anyway, let me get back into the story. I don't want to do into a tangent too far. Yeah. Very um, tangent. Tangent, right? <laughs> um, the water molecules were found in the Clevis crater, a large crater in the moon's southern hemisphere. A uh, quote from uh, NASA, they say, data from this location reveal water in concentrations of 100 to 412 parts per million, roughly equivalent to a 12-ounce bottle of water trapped in a cubic meter of soil spread across the lunar surface. Mm. This is not I hate it when water gets stuck in my clevis, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you use some of those wipes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Okay. All right, great. Okay, so moving on. Experts Sorry. will now try to figure out exactly how the water came to form and why it persists. NASA scientists published their findings in the latest issue of Nature or Nature Astronomy. And they say without a thick atmosphere, water on the sunlit lunar surface should just be lost to space. Yet somehow we're seeing it. Something is generating the water and something must be trapping it there. So hmm. it's pretty interesting. Where is this water coming from? How is it still on the surface? So there's there's more to that. Um, so this whole show is about the moon. And there's so many theories about the moon. There's so many theories about the dark side of the moon, which we're going to get into. Could there be aliens on the, on the surface of the moon? What are the ancient connections with the moon and the Earth? And, um, and then, of course... You know, there's all this speculation of like, you know, did they actually do the moon landing? Which isn't really this this show, but we're going to get into all sorts of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. we are. Yes, Speaking we are. of the moon landing, there is a forgotten uh, astronaut <laughs> in the famous Apollo 11 uh, moon landing with Neil Armstrong and, and and Buzz Aldrin, and that's Michael Collins. Has anybody heard of Michael Collins? I feel so sorry <laughs> for this guy. Michael, I mean, Collins. Michael MC. Collins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He was the one flying the actual module that, you know, he had to, he had to hold the module up in space so that they could, you know, they, they took their module down and they landed their pod on the surface. And then he had, to, he had to go around the Earth, or sorry, he had to go around the moon several times, around the dark side of the moon, of which um, he was orbiting, I think, by himself for 27 hours and 45 Whoa. minutes. Every time he hit the dark side of the moon, he was 45 minutes. He had no connection. He had no connection with Buzz and uh, Neil Armstrong. He had no connection back home to NASA. So he was wow. 45 minutes by himself. He, his job was to take pictures of the dark side of the moon. Obviously, they wanted to know what was behind there. And Collins is a little bit of a weird character. He, he's gotten in a lot of Twitter debates with people recently saying that um, people are saying, well, we, there must be aliens on the moon. And, and he, he kind of debates them. But... But he says it in such a strange way. I don't have all of his quotes. You can look it up. Um, we can kind of post it on our site so you can check it out. He, he says that we are not alone, but he's like, even if we were in a simulated universe, there's no way, they, way that they would just make one prototype. <laughs> such a weird well, that's answer. Cryptic. <laughs> it was such a weird answer 
to yeah. <laughs> to somebody saying to him, "Oh, you must, you know, confirm like we're we're definitely not alone, right? You know, just like just general Twitter Twitter question." And that was his answer. Interesting. Is that, we can't be the only prototype, but anyway. Yeah. And he's talking about simulated realities. But I mean, that guy definitely fucks. He was doing all the heavy lifting on that Deeply. on that tour. Yeah, like, imagine being around for that around. long. Oh, dude, I. I'd just be sweating bullets waiting for it to come back around the other side again. <laughs> He's like, movie, yeah. 43 Jesus. minutes, 44 minutes, 45 minutes. Okay, hi, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we should listen to ready? what this guy says. I mean, that's some <laughs> deep shit. He was, obviously, he was obviously rapping like simulation theory in the quantum field and saying a bunch of shit at once. He just went deep. He just was like, you guys want to know about aliens? I'm going to tell you the secret to life plus aliens. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's hardcore. Everybody, was like, everybody was like, what? 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 what do you mean? Um, so there's been a lot of people that have taken the images that he has taken for NASA of the dark side of the moon and they've analyzed them, right? So there's, and this is tons of conspiracies and people like finding like weird shaped rocks that are like, uh, have sharp angles. They have like reflective surfaces. Um, I mean, this is, this isn't new stuff, but, but I mean, we definitely post this stuff on our website and you can check it out. But, um, Conspiracy theorists said that objects seem to be very reflective, but have dark black areas that have a lot of right angles and appear to be structures on the dark side of the moon. These are all the images that Michael Collins took when he did his orbit. Some of the objects were white reflective roofs or buildings that had openings that allow ships to come and go. Okay, well, that's speculation, but... <laughs> that's what the picture <laughs> proved. <laughs> it's like a flimsy... <laughs> It was like a large hangar. I saw it. You know, it's definitely, there's definitely a ship in there. Um, but they are interesting. They, they are strange-looking rocks. Um, just a side tangent a little bit. We have, and I, we've talked about this guy a couple times on our podcast. We um, have a guy who has a show on Gaia called Matias de Stefano. The show's called Initiation. Uh, and there's one episode that he explains that the moon at one point crashed into the Earth and and brought with it water so he doesn't really explain how that works i mean that's that sounds like an ancient mythology but um it is interesting that in the southern part of the moon and the crater is where they found these molecules of water so i know it's a huge leap Hmm. like i went from People <laughs> discovering hangers on the <laughs> on the dark side of the moon to at one point the moon crashed into the earth and brought the water. <laughs> I know it's that crazy. Was, uh, you went for yeah, you went from zero to sixty real fast. That, that was awesome. <laughs> science, science, What's science, it? crazy town. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's anyone's mistaking us for like a factual based <laughs> podcast anytime soon. But yeah, we're I supposed to wanna, speculate, people. I just want to you know I want to give out all the all the opinions out there, but. When I was talking to Josh before this podcast, because we do a lot, of, sometimes we do a lot of research on our own. We don't even talk to each other before the podcast. Um, <clears throat> Josh actually found another ancient connection to the exact same story that I'm talking about. So maybe I'm not so crazy about the, the moon crashing into the earth. No, we got some evidence to back you up. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From what I read, that the uh, the Zulu legend, the Zulu, the South African tribe, really big, really badass, who've been around for a very long time, they actually remember a time before there was a moon, which is super, super interesting. Uh, mm. Their legend goes like this. They think the moon was placed in orbit by two brothers, uh, Wuwan and M-P-A-N-K-U, Mapanku, who had Going, scaly... I tried. I butchered it. Like I've offended people around the world. Wait, could you could you say that again, please? Mapanku. Like I don't fucking. Jesus. Oh, actually, that was, that was probably pretty good. Yeah, I probably nailed it. Nailed uh, it. That, Confidence is back. Confidence is back. Yeah. All right. These these brothers, whose names I will not pronounce again, had scaly reptilian-like skin. They stole the planet from a great fire dragon, which is probably a star, and mm. they brought it to Earth. At the time, though. This is what connects to what Melissa's saying is Earth was a, they, they described it as like a watery mist covered in this like watery sheath and very primordial and thunderstorms and just like this epically moist planet. <laughs> Insert yeah. joke there. Sorry. <laughs> hey. hey! So when the moon was moved into <laughs> orbit with the Earth, just like we know today, it controls the tides. It settled the planet in some way. And because of the gravitational mm-hmm. pull and science I can't understand, settled the planet down and made it more habitable. If that's a word, I think it's a word. Uh, today, so I thought, so I th- that could connect to you a little bit, Melissa. I think it was really interesting. I thought that was cool. Hmm. See, hair. yeah, a- apparently used to, it used to spin millions of years ago. It used to spin faster, and the Earth was able to see the dark side of the moon. But as it sort of came into the Earth's gravitational field, the pull, uh, it, it stuck to a very uh, um, s- uh, slower rotation, and it, and we only ever see that one side of the moon. Oh, yeah. because, synced up because, with us. because it's a hollow <laughs> yeah. moon. It's a satellite. It's it was placed there by aliens, right? Obviously, <laughs> uh, 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 yes. A uh, duh. Well, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Well, what is the official explanation for the moon? Before you go on, Melissa, it's that science's best guess is that a Mars-like planet size collided with Earth and formed the moon. That's what the science mm. says. But I have some crazy shit. I'll get into in a second. Wait. So that's not so far from ancient Zulu tribal members and Matthias. You know, there may be some truth to that. Yeah, yeah. There was a collision. Yeah. There was a collision. Yeah. All right. Everyone's right, slightly. Okay. So in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, we have literally thrown out 20 million different theories for the moon. <laughs> but let's get into another crazy one. All right, Josh. Go. Uh, well, all right, I'm, not, yeah, I'm just getting started. A couple quick things before I get, I get into a remote viewing story. It's going to get weirder. We're going to start using remote viewing as proof to what's going on on the moon. But uh, I think there's a reason why people aren't seeing many buildings, why the pictures aren't really showing anything. It's kind of ambiguous. People want to believe there's a building there because the remote viewing session I got into that I read about this group uh, suggests that everything's underground. But before I get there, have you guys ever heard of – I mean, what are we talking about? This is all called spaceship moon theory, which is – a theory proposed by two Soviet astronomers in the 1970s who published this hypothesis in a magazine called Sputnik, which is like Russia's Reader's Digest, theorizing that the moon was a hollowed-out spaceship put into our orbit by ETs. They said that in the 70s in a mainstream magazine. Well, I mean, hmm. w- w- 
based on a lot of things we're already saying, the, the incredible coincidence of it. But one of the of the, the angles and how it positions and how it blocks the sun perfectly, how it's way bigger than it should be for a moon. It's not really a moon. It's like a planet. It's bigger than most planets in our solar system, or a couple of them at least. It's it's there's so many weird things about the moon. But yeah, a lot of weird measurements that everything, a lot of shit lines up to it. Yeah. I don't know those mm-hmm. measurements, so I'm not going to go into it. But yeah, no, this that's whole a, book that's a whole another podcast. Placed. That's a whole other yeah. podcast. Yeah, don't worry, yeah. I'm getting to remote viewing and the fun stuff. But there is evidence that the the moon might be hollow, which is what people suggest that the inside's hollowed out. And apparently, in the Apollo missions, they used uh, seismic recording devices on the lunar surface, and then when mm-hmm. they purposely like let the something from the spaceship hit really hard and recorded it, and apparently they said it rang like a bell. So the seismic yeah. activity reverberated for like several hours at one point. So that, that suggesting that the Earth is, the, the moon is a lot less dense, uh, which is really interesting because it's 21 miles, 21,000 miles in diameter. The Earth is 8,000, but the mass of the moon is only 1.2% of Earth and its volume is only 2% of Earth, even though it's only like a fourth, even though it's a fourth size of the Earth, those numbers should be much higher. Though later there were more studies done that definitely toned down that first experiment and while they, they did prove the moon is a lot less dense it wasn't as wildly dense or ringing like a bell as the apollo mission suggested so little science there for you the rocks huh. they brought back from the moon are highly magmatized which is really weird which only happens generally from the core of a planet rotating and doing some stuff and if it's strong enough it'll magmatize a lot of the rocks it, but our current scientists didn't think the core of the moon was strong enough to do that. So why are these rocks magnetized? I mean, the astronauts had a hard time digging into it. It was like titanium, like right on the surface. The moon is super bizarre. Okay, so now this is, is that the why everyone's stuff. trying to? Or that's why everyone's trying to mine the moon. <clears throat> China, Russia, United States. I mean, they're just finding more reasons to go up there and dig around. Because the probably a trillion dollar business. So unique. Yeah. Didn't exactly. they also suggest that the 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 um, the depth of the dust on the moon or the dirt on the moon is pretty level all the way around it. Like there's each one of the craters only go to a certain depth. They don't go any mm. further. Isn't there something That's about that? That's weird. Too? I've I actually never read that. that. Huh? Yeah. Never heard that before. That's strange. I don't think I made it up. I'm pretty sure I didn't make it up. But Are you sure? I'm, I'm not gonna fact check you, buddy. Yeah. This isn't CNN. Let's believe don't it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, so um, right. Well, Josh, tell us. Yes. Tell us. All right, so I found this book. I was looking for some new shit, some shit I haven't heard before, uh, and I fell into remote viewing the moon somehow, and I came across a book called A Psychic Voyage to the Moon, Remote Viewing the Secrets of Earth's Nearest Neighbor. This is from the Annapolis Remote Viewing Group. This came out in 2015. It's anonymous besides that. Like, there's no real names in this, so, you know, super reliable. <laughs> before I jump in... <laughs> For the 101 crowd, what is remote viewing? That's the ability in meditative states to see any place or time or event in any time or place. And uh, it's, it's been kind of proven, I think, beyond a reasonable doubt now with all the information that's come out about the government studying it, but that's a different conversation. So mm-hmm. this is what this team thought of. This is what this team did. As we know, remote viewing, the people who are doing it, they had like three to five of them doing it, don't know what they're looking at. They're just given like a random set of numbers. And this is what they started to come up with. This is some of the things they started to say right away gravel under my feet, black round stones. And you know, remote viewing, they sketch it, they feel it, they can sense it, but they usually write out things and draw things. Uh, There was a breeze, small wispy clouds, uh, forest of rocks, caustic smell, low-pitched moaning. They said, crystal forest, uh, 
basically a lot of stuff that was very earth, was very moon, typical moon, like nothing that crazy. Crystal far sounds crazy, but you can see how that could be interpreted as just walking across the moon. But then after a while, the third guy started saying some crazy shit. Let me read you what he said. Go the on. Third <laughs> he said, hundreds of men, all naked, seeming to tending a greenhouse or an arbitorium. I think I said that right. Sunlight or from above. Or a hangar with a ship in it. Okay, go ahead. Yes, no, it could be. Sunlight from above, but artificial light from every direction inside a giant hall. Larger than Grand Central Station. Warm, pleasant air. Vegetation everywhere. Uh, the men are thin, but are muscular. Seem to be human, but not 100%. Communicating hmm. without words, he was picking up on telepathy. They were aware of his presence, and they told me it was time to go. Okay, so the session ended. They were all kind of blown away. Two people kind of described the surface of the moon. The third guy obviously was underground. They hmm. kind of picked up on that, and they were like, okay, that was interesting. Why don't we just look underground instead? And because there's nothing really on the surface, and that will go along with why these pictures aren't really you know, convincing of structures on the dark side of the moon, because everything is underground. So they regroup and they refocus. <clears throat> And they go deeper, and this is what they found. They found human-looking beings, bluish, naked a lot. Some reason everyone's naked. They're just always naked. The temperature must be perfect for them. <laughs> they have living spaces. They Listen, saw children. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Everyone's perfect too. Yeah. So they saw children in classes uh, playing with rope, like these interesting robots that are hard to, to um, describe. Uh, they were they ate communally, just basic like stuff like any other I guess human-like beings would do. They ate around. They ate a lot of vegetables, a lot of kale-like shit. They. There was something interesting. Oh, yeah, they, they played with, um, they noticed that, okay, okay, let me get to this. There was a zoo, and there was crystals that lit up the zoo, kind of like giving ambient light. And there was an underground cavern with wild animals and all sorts of plants, but it got deeper. They started to go deeper, and they kind of described this place as Amazonia. They found this gigantic cavern with all these, like, nude women, all women for some reason, you operating these gigantic machines that were half real and half virtual reality. Have you seen what? the movie, um, have you seen the movie Valerian? That came out Luke Besson's yeah. movie yeah. like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Fucking awesome movie. There's a scene in that where they're in between worlds with like they're shopping somewhere, but they're in another world and they like oh, yeah. have virtual reality mm -hmm. devices on. It's something like yeah. that, I, I imagine, which is just really, really interesting. So they were down below doing whatever they're doing in that cavern, but there was tons and tons of vegetation and wild animals and dangerous animals and, and all sorts of shit mm -hmm. going on. But then this suddenly all they, they underground all underground in the moon? This is all underground. All underground in the moon. All underground mm -hmm. in the moon. <clears throat> so then all three of these people, there's like, I think five of them total remote viewing, all at the same time here, seen enough. And they all hear the words at the same time in their head, in their mind's eye. And at the same time, all of them are presented with this slightly bluish, naked, human-looking woman. And they had an interaction with her for the next five hours. That was all not what does dirty. That mean? Not dirty. Okay. <laughs> they communicated. <laughs> they didn't have any relations. They were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they ended up calling her Lady Luna. More of a lap just dance. No why not? Yeah, I mean, her name was Lady, Lady Luna. It sounds a little strippery, you know? Yeah, that <laughs> totally does. Does she have sparkles? She, Tassels. She, yeah, for this story, she definitely does. Okay, uh, she has sparkles. And she had a, pony, she had a ponytail, too. Apple so, bottom jeans, boots with the fur. <laughs> I'm dancing. She uh, hit the floor. Okay, so what happened next? <laughs> All right, so what does is, what is Lady Luna say? Of course, they ask a bunch of different questions. One, they give a brief, brief overview of history, saying that there was alien overlords that created humans. And about 12,000 years ago, during the Great Deluge, when 
as Graham Hancock likes to say, those asteroids struck the North American ice sheet and caused a biblical flood. So these overlord aliens are already, had already left for complex reasons I'm not going to get into, but then mm -hmm. humans split. The Ark, or what people think the story of the Ark is, is related to this event, but it's their Ark they took to the moon to live. They had advanced technology at that point that all got wiped out by this giant flood. But these humans mm. are just like us, 100% like us at the time, left the Earth in some sort of ship, obviously, went to the moon and created their own space that was already kind of built there from a long time ago and they inhabited it and blew it out for themselves. They left on an Ark with plants and animals and a bunch of different shit, just like the uh, biblical story, and arrived no, on the moon. Mm -hmm. So they've been up okay. there for 12,000 years. Now they're kind of blue for whatever reason. I guess that happens when you live underground on the moon. And they're talking. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have tanning beds? Not yet. They're, st they're still working on that. Okay. So, All right. So this is basically <laughs> like, a, this is like Atlantis. This is like, like a group from Atlantis that left the planet when everything fell apart. Because that's yeah, 12,000 years yeah. ago. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's what, I'm, that's what I think they're getting at here. They, she goes on to say much, a couple other things, uh, but I think the most important stuff is that they live much longer up there uh, be, for some reason, down here because of, we don't, because of bacteria. It got really complicated and I got annoyed and it got detailed and I wasn't into it, so I just stopped re reading about it. <laughs> but this is, this is the cool thing I want to leave it with. You're so over pandemics. You're over it. You're over it. You're like, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. 2020, <laughs> go away. So this is the one thing they thought was cool in the end. They said... One, they're naturally telepathic, and we are too. But that was suppressed for a long time. And that they asked her, "Is there any caverns on Earth? Are you guys here too? Did you go underground on Earth?" And they said, "No, you can't. Humans can't survive deep underground or deep enough to survive that flood. They couldn't do it. But there are reptilians down there. There are a reptilian-looking species that's, that's separate from the ones that, or like the species that created us. It's a different species living in the Earth. Holy shit! Reptilian. They are the demons. They are the, every, what everyone talks about when they think about demons. This it's story's got one there. twist after the next. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And, oh yeah, and then it, then the next questions are like typical. That's the that's all as far as I want to go. But the next questions are like typical. Like humanity has two enemies, and here's my sci-fi story. I mean, it got big real fast. But I was just interested to pitch that to you, Matt, because I know you're going to go into probably the more credible of the remote viewing, not an anonymous book that was only 20 pages that I threw three bucks for on <clears> Kindle. <throat> you know, that's that's what this book was. This book was like the most poorly written. It was like someone just put their notes on paper and then uploaded it to Amazon with the shittiest like title <laughs> ever. But I still appreciate it. It read like notes. It reads like someone who was really doing it. You know what I mean? Whether it's all yeah. bullshit. Probably. Well, he, it was in, here's it the goes thing. In, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go for it. Finish it off. No, I just want to say, I don't know if anything in there lines up with what you're about to say, I purposely didn't study any of Ingo Swan's work on remote viewing the moon in particular. So I'm interested to see if yeah. any of this lines up. Probably not. Well, here's the thing. I, yeah, I mean, basically I think it sounds like one of the people from that book was Ingo Swan, and that was a lot. Well, actually, so Ingo, Ingo Swan is, um, if you don't know who he is, is like very f famous with the whole remote viewing thing. He was part of the whole CIA project. Uh, that I can't remember right now, Star something or other. I forget what it was. Anyway, but so he worked with the CIA to initially to look at Jupiter and they were trying to get an idea through remote viewing of what the composition makeup of the atmosphere and the planet yeah. itself was and all that sort of stuff. Pretty, you know, when we're talking about aliens and civilizations and stuff, pretty mundane stuff. But... It sounds a lot like one of the people from that book was describing some things that Ingo saw, or one of them was actually Ingo. So Ingo's an interesting character, to say the least. Um, but uh, his 
uh, reputation as uh, a remote viewer was is pretty pretty solid like he doesn't there's a lot of people who say they're remote viewers who sort of dive off the deep end into ridiculousness and Ingo was very much about look this is not an exact science you really have to discern what your imagination is throwing into what you're seeing and what you're picking up and was sort of as scientific as he could possibly be in this thing so anyway 1998 he writes this book called Penetration I'll give you a second <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, uh, we, didn't, we didn't even say anything funny. We just laughed. <laughs> we're like, we're so in eighth grade. Okay. All right. Uh, so, moist. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway, so Penetration, he writes in 1998, but it's a recount of his time back in 75 when he was asked by um, some shadowy government group um, to do a, a remote viewing of the dark side or the, the far side of the moon. Shadowy group. Um, <laughs> yeah, can we, can shadowy we, wait, group. Wait, hold on. Before, before we go any further, uh -huh. remote viewing... They specifically need a coordinates, though. They can't yes. just like they can't just be like, I want to see the moon, and then all of a sudden it appears. But that's like right. the specific thing about people that can remote view and people who just say they remote view is they have an actual coordinates of a place they're supposed to go. And Ingo Swan yep. is the one that perfected that, correct? He is, yeah. So he, um, yeah, like you said, you're given coordinates, but you don't know anything about. You're just given a set of numbers, basically. You don't know anything yeah. about where that is, what we're doing. It's just a set of numbers and you're supposed to concentrate on that based on the person who gave it to you. You're supposed to be able to read uh, telepathically, whatever you want to call it, into where this is going, these, uh, these coordinates. So, uh, 75, after doing the Ju uh, Jupiter viewing for the CIA, Swan claims he was introduced to an unnamed shadow group through his CIA connections. Now... So he's sworn to secrecy before he actually makes contact with this group by the CIA who says, don't ask these people any questions. They're just going to um, get you to do this thing and you do the thing and you get out. That's it. And they're just going to test your uh, remote viewing capabilities. So the man um, from the shadowy group who he's put in contact with is, he's uses this code name, Mr. Axelrod. Oh, um, okay. This guy's a <laughs> character. So wait, yeah. hit with a lady. The book is called Penetration, <laughs> and the secret guy's name yeah. is Axelrod. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. I'll, yeah. I'll give you a couple seconds. Get it out of system. <laughs> and the woman's name uh, is Lady Axelrod, Luna. Yeah. <laughs> Luna. So anyway, 
Mr. Axelrod um, <laughs> contacts uh, Ingo and invites him to DC. So um, Ingo de- describes Axelrod, which is like the beginning of a pawn, but he's like this male model. <laughs> and oh he's also God. a company. <laughs> Yeah, he's like this gorgeous, like human being. I, you know, I don't. It doesn't worry me which way uh, Ingo swings, but he's uh, he, he seems pretty taken with this fella. Um, but so Axelrod is accompanied by another agent who closely resembles Axelrod, which is really what? interesting, right? Yeah, his name, so is, his name is Piston. <laughs> Dirk, Dirk Piston. Middle name Thrust. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk Thrust Piston. Well done. Well done. Um, so anyway, this other this other character and Axelrod, um, Swan nicknames them the twins. Oh twins, God, Basil, twins. Swan. <laughs> yeah. So his goes, first Swan, assignment eight, was please remote view what's inside of my pants. All right, go on, go on, go on. Oh God. Um, God. I mean, even Ingo Swan's is, name sounds and, and a little There's this important. crazy story in Penetration where he's um, at a supermarket and he sees this, like, gorgeous, sexy uh, uh, lady who's uh, at the, you know, at the aisle, like, doing something. But she's, like, this is 75 and she's, like, scantily dressed and he's, like, instantly notices her, obviously. Um, and he... He goes. He, he's like drawn to her for some reason. He doesn't know why, and he's just like, "Man, I gotta go. Gotta go speak to this lady." So, anyway, as he's sort of making his way over there, he sees the twins, like Axel Rod and his uh, and his twin, and he sort of like freaks out and runs away. And they uh, they eventually question him and like, "What were you doing with that lady? Like, what? Who was she?" And, and they were hmm. they were basically well, my voice just dropped again. They were basically <laughs> saying that. Um, you know, they thought she was some sort of spy, maybe. But he said when he initially saw her, he got into his head immediately. Oh, she's an alien. That was the first thing that popped into his head. She's not of this hmm. earth. She's an alien. So hmm. um, it's like it's like he was being monitored because he had contact with this group, basically. Anyway, just a little off uh, off story that hmm. was in there. I thought it was super interesting. Anyway, so he's uh, Ingo is offered like a thousand bucks a day back in '75 to do this, and he's like, "Oh fuck, sign me up, bro!" So he's again like heavily warned, like, "Don't speak to anyone, do your job, get the fuck out, and don't talk to anyone about it." So when he agrees to um, jump on board with these guys, they they basically say, "Okay, we'll we'll contact you again at some point." So he's kind of uh, <laughs> just accosted one day, has a hood thrown over his head thrown in the back of the van and they whisk him away to what he believes was some sort of undisclosed underground location somewhere near DC the capital Um, so he he, Swan uh, Ingo Swan he assumes that he'll be basically remote viewing targets uh, of the Soviets or the Chinese or something you know Um, because you know it's (laughs) it's some intelligence service that's whisked him away Um, and they didn't ever really uh, this this group never really um, revealed to him what the objective of what he was doing but they wanted him they t- they basically told him they wanted him re- to remote view the far side of the moon um, which didn't like you know if you know remote viewing um, you don't ever tell the remote viewer what you're supposed to be reviewing because you know that, that fucks with your ability because you instantly put your own biases 
in your remote remote viewing uh, session, like you, you imagine whatever could be over there, and that sort of starts to taint what you're seeing. It's called front loading, I guess, in remote viewing terms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it sort uh -huh. of like it messes mm -hmm. with the purity of the information coming through. When he was doing this afterwards, he brought in a couple of people to um, sort of double check his work. So he, like I said, he was really like serious about the process and mm -hmm. knew it wasn't exact. Like he knew, you know, as much as we know about, you know, looking into things with telepathy and stuff it's still we're still dabbling with it it's not like we can just do this but he was one of the best but still he brought in this guy called uh paul smith and it was interesting that uh paul smith actually uh did line up a bunch of things hmm. um but you know it, it's like if if you both see two wheels and handlebars but one of the other one of the other people sees like oh it also has like a purple dragon's tail coming off and it's breathing fire yeah. Well, you know, you discount that stuff and you say, okay, we well, guess we're looking at a bicycle kind of thing. Anyway, okay. Little bit okay. of uh, remote viewing 101 there. So here's what here's what he's given the coordinates of the moon. Here's what he starts to see. So session one starts to track the moon surface, um, and he sees what what he what he sees as a rows of large, really big sort of tractor tread marks in the in the dust on the moon, the dirt on the moon. Um, and he doesn't understand what it could be uh, to begin with, because this is the dark side of the moon. We're not supposed to have ever been over there, right? So um, he he sort of he gets an, another uh, set of coordinates, and he sees some sort of dark rock, and this lines up with some of the stuff you guys have already said, and it has a shiny quality quality to hmm. it, something along the lines of the obsidian, like a really shiny rock. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Whitish, fluffy sand, patterns in the sand of some kind, um, made into you know is like a, a, a deliberately made pattern of some kind. And when he starts seeing all these bits and pieces, he's like, "Oh man, I'm fucking up. This isn't this isn't the moon. This can't be the moon. Like the moon is just craters and dirt. I'm seeing like uh, evidence of something else, some sort of civilization fucking with shit over here." So uh, on the session two, he keeps seeing this stuff and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm fucking this up for you. I'm looking at something on the moon. Let me, let me just take a break. So he takes a break. Session three, he goes back again and he just keeps seeing this stuff. Like he's inside a crater this time and he sees this greenish haze and mm. some kind of light and beyond the greenish haze, it's all dark around him. And then he sees actual rows of lights and, he's, and he describes them as sort of lights at football arenas, high up, banks of them, up on towers of some kind. And then he starts saying, like, have the Russians built a moon base or something? Is that what I'm supposed to be looking at? Some, like, some uh, country on Earth has, has flown to the moon and started building shit over here? And so they don't answer him. They don't, like, give him any, you know, they just want to get whatever information they can from him. Mm. So session four starts to see more more of this stuff now and it seems like they're starting him further back and bringing him closer to the center which it sounds like they knew basically what where they were wanting to end him to end up but they're kind of like bringing him closer and closer to the actual target they want him to see yeah yeah, yeah. so now now he sees more of this like fog and dust in the air and he starts to hear a thumping noise like he's hearing a boom like some sort of generator or something, a digging machine, I don't know. Hmm. And now he's a better, better better view of these light towers at this time. And he says it's almost like they're these prefab 
built towers with struts and stuff coming out of them. Uh, he estimates them to be 100 feet tall, so the, everything's massive. These tractor tread marks are everywhere. Um, and he uh, views, uh, views a glimpse of the crater's edge with a very large tower on it. And he says, yeah, it's so big. It's really, really big. Um, so says, How big? So big. Yeah, tell me, God, it's was so it wide fucking too? thick. Like, yeah. Give me more details. And it was just throbbing. Oh, um, I bet. So <laughs> was, it was, it, <laughs> was it axelrod or piston? I want to know. <laughs> the bros. Um, so he says it was about the size of the UN building in New York, which is about 34, 39 floors. So it's like this huge tower that's on the dark side of the moon, apparently. And now he starts to wonder, like, this is a moon base. Like, this is what I'm seeing is some big base structure on the moon. It's really big stuff. Again, he's like just surprised by how massive this stuff is. He says, I was now completely certain that I was physically present in some kind of ultra, ultra, ultra secret place. And that the mission of this place was, some, uh, was to sort out extraterrestrial matters. I knew that NASA must have photographic evidence of activities on the moon which already confirmed the presence of extraterrestrial activity there. So now he's like, holy shit. He starts to freak out. Uh, like, really starts to like emotionally break down, he says in the book. Um, and he needs a moment to work through all this. Like, holy, we're looking at like a, some sort of alien species on the moon. That's insane. But then he really starts to start, you know, thinking about why they're asking him to do this. And he works out that remote viewing this area is the only way this clandestine group who's hired him are the only way they can actually see what's happening with these ETs on the moon because they can't get close enough now. Which means, and this is what he says, I can't believe this unless they somehow have told you to stay away and somehow have shown you that they mean it. This is what he's saying, the aliens to the, the, the clandestine group, right? Ooh. So they are not friendly, are they? Are they Axelrod? He's asking him. And they don't give him any answers. He's just like, I'm going to tell you shit, bro. So. Um, <laughs> no cuddles. No cuddles. No, no cuddles <laughs> on this one, big guy. So the only uh, major way now to spy on this group, and he, he just calls them these guys, the aliens on the, on the backside of the moon, is to resort to psychic abilities. Which is the, you know, he notes, which in the mainstream right now, um, you know, the media and, the, you know, everyone is trying to make great, great efforts to try and discredit uh, any sort of um, psychic abilities um, in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So here's where we get to, Josh, where it lines up with your stuff. So now that he gets even closer and these locations um, proved really confusing to him. Um, and he had to draw it multiple times to try and work out what it was and trying to wrap his head around it. So he says, I found towers, machinery, lights of different colors, strange looking buildings. I found bridges whose function I, could own, I couldn't figure out. One of them uh, just arched out and never landed anywhere. It just was like a half built bridge, I guess. Um, there were a lot of domes of various sizes, round things like small saucers with windows. Yeah, I got a lot stored. of that too. I didn't hit those details up when I was going, but exactly what you're right. saying is what these guys. Yeah, say. so I think this gets into it lines up perfectly with what you're saying, and I don't know if it's exactly the same thing that another ro- remote viewer has seen, or it was actually Ingo in that story. Um, but he hmm. he goes into detail hmm. of a few different things here, so. Um, there were things stored in uh, next to craters sides sometimes in caves sometimes in what looked like airfield hangars 
he had problems estimating sizes, but these things were fucking massive, he kept saying over and over again. He found long tube-like things, machinery, tractor-like things going up and down hills, uh, straight roads uh, extending some miles, obelisks, which had no apparent function, just kind of standing out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, large platforms on domes, you know, it goes on and on. I, it's just basically crazy structures all over the place. Then he says there were these nets over craters, houses in which someone obviously lived, except that I couldn't see who, save in one case. In that case, I saw some kind of people busy at work on something I could not figure out. The place was dark, the air was filled with a fine dust, and there was some kind of illumination, like a dark lime green fog or mist. The thing about them, these people, was that they were human, or they looked exactly like us, but they were all males, as I could see well since they were all buck butt ass naked. So they were just all their dangly mm -hmm. bits were like flopping the naked around. Thing. Okay, it's interesting. Yep. Which you know, if all you're right. digging holes, that's got to be cumbersome. I don't know. Anyway, uh, okay. So they seem to be digging into a hill, hillside, or a cliff. As I described, they must have had some way of creating a good environment, warm, with air in it. But why they would be going around naked, naked, he had no idea. So the next part is where things get a little sinister, right? Exactly like you described before, Josh. So while viewing the humanoid activity, he claims that they became aware of his psychic penetration and they turned and looked at him <laughs> as though they, they could feel some sort of dimensional disrup disruption taking place. So he says, um, but being there in my psychic state, as I felt I was, some of those guys started talking excitedly and gesticulating. That's uh, just moving your hands around, guys. Oh, it's a good okay. just your hands. Thank He's you. such a writer. So smart. Just, just your hands. No, not anything just else. Just your hands. They were pointing with their... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So two of them... Swinging their helmets. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't two get of them it. point... <laughs> two of them pointed in my direction, thrusting their hips. No, I added that. Um, oh immediately, I felt like running away and hiding, which I guess uh, psychically I did since I lost sight of this particular imaging. I think they've spotted me, he says to Axel. They were pointing at me, I think. How could they do that unless they have some kind of psychic perceptions too? Axel said, and this is one of the only times he you know, ever sort of gave me an answer. Uh, he said, in a calm, low voice, so low I uh, hardly even heard it at first. So he says, please quickly come out of that place. My eyes were wide as understanding drained in. You already know they are psychic, don't you? Axelrod raised his eyebrows and gave a deep sigh. So Swan, uh, after this session, he felt like he was in danger. Like these things knew who he was. They knew he was looking at him. And he vocally raised these concerns about whether or not these alien beings would try to come after him after this and try to kill him after he had penetrated their, uh, <laughs> their homes. I'm so, so sorry. Penetrated, yeah. <laughs> So he got a few answers after this because I guess he was kind of freaking out. So Axelrod admits that the humanoid Swan observed had certain capabilities, obviously psychic capabilities, mm -hmm. that they were trying to get a better understanding of. But he assured Swan that there was nothing to suggest he would become a target of these beings. Axelrod was completely tight-lipped about any further inquiries made by Ingo. So he just basically shut him off after that. They got what they needed after that and they didn't contact him again, so... So, yeah, that's basically the Ingo story of the moon. Um, uh, there's and, a 
a civilization living there who want nothing to do with us and making contact, I guess, or just tell mm. us to fuck off all the time. Did he say what and they look like? The, Did he give a description? Uh, he just says they were naked. Uh, in this thing I was reading about it, I, I don't have the book. I need to get that book because it sounds pretty crazy. Um, okay. but, that, but that's interesting that. because that yeah. kind of uh, correlates to Josh's story where he says that they're they're also naked and they're a complete civilization. Like, you know, they, you know, obviously it was a little bit more friendly, whatever interaction mm -hmm. the remote viewers had with Josh's story. But, yep. um, but they want nothing to do with Earth. They left Earth and they have their own civilization. I mean, so maybe there's some truth to that. And maybe the idea that they found water on the moon is because there's people living there that need water. So mm -hmm. there must be some right, source. Right, right. So what, what is the whole point? Is this slow drip disclosure? Are they saying something so they can reveal even crazier things in the coming years? Pun intended. Yeah. Slow drip disclosure. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey! hey, hey. boom Penetration. <laughs> uh, or, you know, the, it's, it's taxpayers' money, right? We got to go to the moon now. We found water. We need to, you know, like, when's the last time we were up at the moon? Like a physical, physical human on the moon. So yeah. this is... This is know. like a this is like a this is like a call for NASA to get more money so they can go to the moon. But I, I think it might also be backed by a military uh, venture, right? There's plenty yeah. of uh, UFO yeah. stories of UFOs coming down and like going onto farms and sucking up all the water from their water tanks and like going into dam like little dams That's and true. stuff on farmland. That's true. Sucking up mm -hmm. all the water. So yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they're just uh, storing it. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. The moon, the moon could go. The the idea with what's happening with the moon, the reason the moon exists, what's on the moon, what's on the dark side of the moon. We could go on forever, but this uh, article is interesting. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, what are they going to do next? Like, when's the next mission? You know, because it's China, Russia, and United States are are getting a race to the moon. Whether they're going to mine it, look for water. Or, or tell those beans that we're going to be friends. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but the one thing that I've gathered from this podcast is that Ingo Swan had a book named Penetration, and that's... Yes, he did. Interesting title. Very interesting title. <laughs> Lady so, Luna and Axelrod Big Dick. It was and <laughs> Listen, if that's all you come away with, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's water on the moon. Very big discovery. All right, everybody, have a great night. Um, we hope we put some humor into your life. And check out that article. That, of course, will be on our website. And if you get a chance, leave us an awesome review. We love all of you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.